Welcome, everybody, this evening. We hope uh, several of you will be joining us online tonight. Thank you for joining us. We have a, a great time in the Word of the Lord this evening. We're going to begin with prayer and worship in just a moment. Mackenzie. Hello. Glad to have you. <laughs> good glad to have to you here. with us. Yeah. Jason. Good to be here as always. Feeling good? Feeling good. All yeah. right. Got Josh in the back, as usual. I was thanking Josh for setting all this up. We're at the we're actually in the in the multipurpose building tonight. And so um, just we 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 gonna set up camp here this evening and uh, we're gonna worship the Lord and we're going to in in I say worship the Lord, not with some but just in our hearts, you know. This is worship gonna, too. Yeah, this is worship. Absolutely, it's worship. So we're gonna begin with uh, thanksgiving to the Lord. You know, we have a lot to give thanks to the Lord for. And we have some prayer requests. Uh, Mackenzie has some of these listed for us. I'm going to pray over some. Jason's going to pray over some, some needs. We want to pray over John Singleton. I text Becca, and I think she's going to be watching on, on YouTube. I know we can see the ones watching on Facebook. We can't see the ones on YouTube, I don't think. Uh, so, but we want to pray for John. And John, if you're watching, we've been praying for you. Yes. We love you. You're our brother in the Lord. Mm-hmm. We just think your family's wonderful, but we're praying for your health and praying for healing. Yeah. And, and then there's some other prayer needs. And Jason, you'll, you'll pray over these, those needs. And then what I want to do is I want to pray over the, our building process and kind of give a little update before I do that. And then we're going to get in a wonderful chapter tonight, and that's John chapter 3. And just get a Bible handy and open your heart. And let's, let's let the Lord speak to us in a, in a very powerful way. Yes. Let me just open in a general prayer, thanksgiving to the Lord. And Father, we just worship yes. you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. We honor your Thank precious you, name. What we ask for, Father, is the anointing. We pray for the anointing this evening. We pray for your divine presence to be among us. We don't want to just be a normal kind of nominal kind of Christians, but we want to walk in the supernatural presence of Jesus. We know that your name releases miracles. Your name moves mountain. Your name is a saving name, and we glorify the precious name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we gather in your name. You said if where we gather in your name, you are in our midst, and we believe that you are here by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Father, I ask for miracles to be released tonight. Lord, you said that faith like a mustard seed could cause mountains to move. Lord, it's not the quantity, but it's the quality of our faith and, and who we have our faith in. And so, Father, I pray that faith would arise for our precious family, our Trinity Life family, and that we would begin to believe for miracles and miracles would be manifested among us this evening. And Lord, that we would, we would trust you and we would believe and we would see the great things that you desire to do. And so Lord, release the gift of faith, release blessing. But Lord, we just honor you. We worship you. We thank you for all your goodness and your grace this evening. We ask you to anoint the word of God. Lord, as we study the word, and this is a study as we study the gospel of John, that you would illuminate our hearts, give us a spirit of wisdom and understanding, and give us the gift of knowledge to understand your precious word. Holy Spirit, be our teacher this evening. Teach us and guide our words. And we thank you for that this evening. We ask all of these things in Jesus' great 
and mighty name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Brother Jason, good to have you tonight. And I want to pray for you in just a minute. We're okay. going to just continue to pray for your health and your healing. And uh, you have some prayer needs there. If you just kind of go ahead and give those, and then you can go through all of those and, yeah. and pray for those. So tonight we're going to pray for Brother John Singleton for his uh, recovery, for their direction that they're going, that God would lead it and guide them in every area. We're going to pray over um, Joe and David Cowan for their continued health, healing, and recovery. Uh, we're going to pray for Barry Sutton for healing in his heart. Yes. Um, I believe he had a procedure that had some stents put in, so yes. I'm going to pray for that. And then um, a couple listed here were uh, Brad and Glenda, or, yeah, Brad and Glenda Stewart. I don't know why I'm thinking different <laughs> about that, but uh, praying for peace and comfort for their son tonight. The Lord knows the need yes. there. And then uh, Maria requested prayer for her temper. I love how real that's she a, is. That's a great prayer, Maria. Maria I've We're never had a problem with temper. I've never. I've never. <laughs> Uh, hey, we, we all need course, that. Yeah, Sean sticks yeah we're, we're with yes, Sean sticks. We're, yeah, we're with you, Maria. We we we've all have our foibles, don't we? Yes, yeah. Sean Sticksford. Yes, yeah, definitely pray for Sean tonight. So Sean Sticksford is having some health issues. We need to all come into agreement over yes. him tonight. Um, well, let's just get into this here. Um, you know, one thing that that the Lord was kind of working in me, and I said a little bit about this Sunday about um, not giving the enemy a foothold in our in my life and that you know comes to my mind when dealing with things that I like I'm going through and like brother John is going through anybody that's sick is going through sometimes you can let thoughts uh overrun you and you can let yeah. uh the enemy bring things to your mind and bring mm-hmm. fear into your mind and bring uh anxiety into your mind and what's in my heart is uh the holy spirit I felt like he was speaking to me about stopping those things right there at the door and don't give him a foot in that door and just begin to declare healing over yourself because it's yours because of what Jesus did. So, you know, John, I'm speaking to you tonight when, when you're going through this, that you're going through with this cancer and the treatments, stand in confidence, stand in Mm -hmm. faith because God is going to lead you through that and he's going to direct your path, but don't give the enemy a foothold. Don't allow your mind to go to that place of the the worst possible scenario, but begin to declare that healing is yours in the name of Jesus. Begin to declare that freedom is yours. Begin to declare that God is leading you in every area of this process, and he's working all these things together for your good. So let's go ahead and, and jump into these prayers real quick. So. Father, we, we lift you up tonight, and uh, Father, we just just uh, engage right now together as a body in this prayer, Lord, and, and we just say, have your way in this prayer time. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to move as you want, to do what you want to do, to have your way in our, our hearts, to have your way in our lives, our physical bodies, our minds, our souls, Lord, just have your way within us tonight, Father. We lift up Brother John and his family, Lord, I thank you for, for where you've taken him right now in this process of healing. Father, I thank you that the surgery had uh, gone well. Father, I thank you that the recovery is beginning. Lord, I thank you that the procedures to, to pull stitches out, Lord, have begun. And I thank you, Lord, that he is on his way to complete and total recovery. Yes. Father, I thank you for just continuing a work of healing within his body. Lord, that it'll be quicker than they think, Lord, and that it'll it'll happen in a way that's miraculous, Father. I thank you, Lord, for leading them and guiding them to the doctors that they need to be with. Lord, I thank you that you're leading and guiding them to the even in the timing of when things take place, Father. 
Lord, we just put all these things in your hands, Father, and we trust you. And Father, I pray that that you would let John's faith, Lord, just as my faith has been so increased through this time of, of trial and, and struggle, Lord, my faith is so strong right now. Father, I pray that John's faith would just explode in magnitude, Father. I pray that he would have such a strengthening in his faith and his trust in you, Father, that it, it just changes everything in his mind about uh, any fear or anxiety, Lord, that all those things are turned over to you in a trust and a hope and a joy in these trials will come forth in his life. Father, and I pray that that same attitude, that same as heart is, is reflected in his wife and Becca and in their, their kids, Father, I pray that they don't, they don't stand in fear, Lord, but they stand in faith that you are working together for good. Lord, all these things that are happening, Lord. And I just thank you, Father, that you're not shaken, that you're not moved, but you are our strength and you are our source. And we can lean into you, Father, during these times. And Father, I just, uh, we lift up Brother uh, David and Joe Cowan. Father, yes. I thank you, Lord, for health in their yes, bodies. Yes. Lord, I thank you for healing and recovery in their bodies. Father, I thank you for strength in their bodies, Lord. I thank you, Father, for providing every need that they may have, Lord. And I just thank you for continued uh, recovery. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we're thankful for who they are in this church body. We're thankful for the lives that they live, Father. And I thank you, Lord. Every part of this body is so important, Lord. And we're grateful for Joe and David Cowan, Father. We lift up Brother Barry Sutton uh, that had the procedure for the stents in his heart. Lord, I thank you for guiding those doctors. Lord, I thank you for giving them wisdom in everything that they do, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that as those arteries and everything are opened up, Father, that sh- that strength and energy will return. Lord, I thank you that health and healing would take place. Father, I thank you that restoration in that cardiovascular system would take place. Father, in your timing and in your in your way, Father, I pray that you would just heal every area that's wounded, heal every area that's that may be stressed. Father, heal his heart and the vows. Father, let strength return into that heart. Father, and let it be able to function the way that you built it and designed it to function, Lord. Full of full of strength, full of the ability to, to have steady blood pressure. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord, give peace into his mind and his heart as he goes through this time of healing, Father. We lift up Brian and Glinda's son, Father, and we just, they ask for peace and comfort in him. Yes. And Lord, we just ask that your peace that surpasses all understanding would rest on him tonight, Father. Whatever the situation, Father, Lord, if there's any trauma or if there's any anxiety, Father, I pray you just lessen those things, Lord, that he would just totally lean and depend on you during this time, Father. And I pray you give him great peace. And I pray, Lord, that you give him wisdom in decisions, Father, that you give him wisdom and understanding and in, in Direction and where he is to go and what he is to do, yes. Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. And finally, Lord, oh, two more. I'm sorry. Uh, we lift up Brother Sean Sticksfruit. And Father, I just pray healing over him. I pray peace over him, Father. I pray uh, just your your patience and your kindness be uh, upon him tonight, Father. Your grace be upon him, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, for healing his body, Lord. I thank you for healing his lungs, Lord, healing every area that's affected by what's going on with him, Lord. Just restore him, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that any fear or anxiety, Father, that you just cover that with your peace, Lord, that you just surround him with your love tonight where he's at, Lord, and bring him into complete recovery in his body in Jesus' name, Lord. And we just, we lift up Sister Maria, uh, Father, and I just, 
thank you for patience. Grant her peace, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for grace upon Maria. Uh, Lord, she she is a very loving, happy, joyful person that we've seen here at the church, Lord. And so to request this is, is a pretty uh, serious deal to me. Uh, so, Lord, I just pray that you give her joy on top of joy for her trial, for whatever she's going through, whatever she's dealing with, the stresses. Father, let her see those things through your eyes, Father. Let her have wisdom in how to respond in these situations, Lord. Let her not be quick to anger. Father, but let her be slow to anger. Let her be listening and understanding and using the wisdom of the Holy Spirit that you've placed within her, Father. And I just pray peace upon Maria and her family tonight. Lord, let great unity be there. Let peace just reside in that household, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Isn't it great that we have a God that answers prayer? Mm, That's good. We can approach Him. Mm -hmm. I mean... There's no other God. There's no other real God. Those are all false God. Our God's a real God. Yeah. He yeah. wants to communicate. I want to pray yeah. for you, Jason. We had one more that came in. Yes. Kevin's grandma. Uh, we're going to pray for Kevin's grandmother, Marilyn, okay. yeah. in just a moment. Marilyn sticks for She's in the hospital with health issues. But I want to pray for, for you that uh, we're fighting for your health and yes. healing. Amen. Thank you. Amen. I feel it. I feel and the I, And I think that we, we misunderstand prayer. That, you know, people pray once and no, the Bible said ask, mm-hmm. you know, and seek and knock. That means ask, keep asking, keep yes. not, you know, seek, keep seeking yeah. and, you know, keep asking. So, Lord, lift Thank up Jason. Jesus. I join his hand. You said they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I pray for healing in your body in the name of Jesus. I pray over you. I pray that God would send his word into you. And that you would experience his healing presence even now. Lord, let him, let Jason experience your healing now. Let him be filled with your healing presence. Because your presence is a healing presence. Thank you, Father. And I ask, Lord, that you restore everything the enemy's tried to steal. Thank you, Jesus. And you're a supernatural God. So, Lord, work supernaturally among us. Thank you, Father. Thank you. We pray for little Ezra that, that whatever issues he's having that you would watch over him and, and bless him with your presence. Hallelujah. We lift up Marilyn Stixroot. We ask, oh God, that you would be with her during this time. Let her experience your recovery. Let her experience restored, renewed, reinvigorated health. Whatever her need is, Father, we pray that you would meet that need. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Thank you, Father. And amen. As we as we move along this evening, what I want to do is I want to pray over our our building process. But I want to say something right before. I don't want to forget this. As we were praying, this came to my heart. This came to my spirit as we were praying. And I, I, just very simple, that faith soars, thrives in the presence of Jesus. But when we're not in the presence of Jesus, it's when our faith takes a hit in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, and what came to my mind was a story I wasn't even thinking about. It just kind of came to my spirit. Maybe this is for many of us tonight, maybe all of us. And that is when Jesus was up on the mountain with the three disciples, they were experiencing miracles, the transfiguration, etc. When they came to the bottom of the mountain, the nine disciples were trying to cast a demon out, and they couldn't cast it out. They had no mm-hmm. power. Right. They had no faith. And, and when we don't have faith, the power of God is hindered. Yeah. But when we have faith, it's when the power of God is released. 
So the power of God wasn't being released because they didn't have any faith. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they weren't in the presence of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And they asked later, why could we not cast the demon out? Why don't we have any power, Jesus? He said, because this kind does not go out by prayer. So as we are in prayer, as we're in the presence of prayer, in the presence of God through prayer, and we're in the Word of God, and we're in that atmosphere of, of Holy Spirit life, faith just soars. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, and here's the reason why. And here's the reason why like, we come to a service like we're going to come to Sunday. And you, know, you may come in, and you may be driving to church, and, and you just feel like God is a million miles away. And all of a sudden, you get with other people that have faith, Mm -hmm. And that we begin to worship and we begin to sing and our voices are in unity and you hear people declaring or ministers are, you know, us declaring faith and declaring the word of God. And all of a sudden, your whole spirit changes. Your yeah. whole yeah. faith begins to rise. Why? Because when we get in the presence of Jesus, faith soars. And you need to be in the presence of Jesus. Mm -hmm. You need to have a prayer life. We need to be in the word of God mm -hmm. because faith is where the enemy attacks yeah. It's, where the, it's where the battle is. You know, it's where the, he wants to rob us of faith and our confidence in God. So I want to mm -hmm. pray that as we come Sunday that we're just going to meet with God in a mm -hmm. powerful way. And I want to pray over Sunday as well. And we'll, we'll pray over that in just a minute. But I want to just share that with you. So I want to pray over, uh, it won't be long here, but I want to pray over our building process here. You know, have had all this rain and, and you know, they, the surveyor hasn't been able to get out there and, and check the levels and check the elevations so that we can release the check to the dirt company. He should be here tomorrow. I hope it's dry enough now today. Uh, so we want to pray for that we can just move forward. This rain has been insane. We've had so much rain. Yeah. Over it. Yeah, the yeah. only time I can remember we had more rain is several years ago when it rained like mm -hmm. crazy and filled all the lakes back yeah. up after the drought. <coughs> so... But let me just share this with you, and I'll just be real open with you. Signed uh, the plumbing contract just a little bit ago and sent it, sent it out, $72,000 uh, that, that will be. The dirt is going to be $82,000. Haven't released that check. We did send a $57,000 check to lock in some things because prices for AC and stuff, the prices are going up. So... We're, we're, we're beginning to spend some big expenditures. We, we need you to join us in faith, join us in giving. I know it's summertime. Let's don't forget the church in the summer. Amen. You know, I'm believing God for revival. Aren't you hungry? Are yes, you hungry? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm praying for a spirit of hunger in our congregation that you, you, we become so hungry for God. Yeah. We're hungry for God, hungry for the word, hungry for prayer. That, you know, we, we just got back from district council. And we just lingered in the altars. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to spend time in the altars. Amen. Yeah. We do, we do. We need to yes. spend time lingering around the altars. You know, yes. when we come to the altar on Sunday, you know, I'm just believing for an outpouring of the Spirit. I'm, bringing, I'm believing for fresh anointing Amen. to be released upon us as God's people. We need that refreshing. Mm -hmm. And there's so much to pull us away, so much to distract us, mm -hmm. so much to clutter our lives. And I'm not talking about evil things. I'm just talking about cluttered things mm -hmm. yeah. that we can, we can just miss God's very best. I'm asking you, would you fight in prayer with me mm -hmm. to move our church forward? You know, mm -hmm. I, I was telling, I think I maybe told you that revival never comes cheap. Right. Mm -hmm. Never going to come cheap. And there's never a right time. There's never a good time. Yeah. To put God first. Never. There's always an excuse, always something put. Yeah. But I'm asking our congregation, would you fight in prayer? 
Would you fight for revival? Let's believe God for miracles. I'm ready to see miracles just, yes. just yeah. released in our church. Yes. Supernatural things that, that we can't even explain. We just have to say, God has shown up. Amen. And, and yeah. we want that. And we desire that. We want more, more of the Lord, more of his presence, more of his power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just believing Sunday. The Lord's speaking to me about Sunday. I'm asking you to be here Sunday and show up Sunday. And let's believe God for just uh, an amazing outpouring. This past Sunday, there was just an increased anointing here. Yeah. There was a better altar call Sunday. There was a hunger. The people, we were hungry, weren't we? Yeah. There yeah. was a worship. There was a receptivity to preach the word. And, and we have to fight for that yes. in the spirit. And, yeah. uh, and so, That's but as, as we move forward with these contracts, we're gonna, our expenditures are getting larger. We're going to begin to draw out. In fact, we just, the check was just cut for the first withdrawal from our money at the district. So we're now we're beginning to, to get some things done and it's time to rally together. It's time to, to push and fight in faith. Yeah. And we're believing for that. So let me, let me pray over that. It is, it is exciting. Are you excited? Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Yes. I'm excited. Come on, brother. I'm preach. Ready. It's like I'm ready for those trenches to start getting dug. Yeah. You know, it's been, a, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. yeah. But you know, brother Jason, this is what God has called us to do. Yeah. And it's worth the wait. Yeah. It's, and it's, yeah. that's right. It's worth the wait. And church, our church is going to be a Holy Ghost church. Yes. Yeah. I have no interest in building some kind of nominal, you know, whatever, whatever that is. Um, we want a church. We're going to preach the gospel mm-hmm. yeah. with, with love and without fear and without favor. We're going to offer. The, in fact, we're going to hear a guy. We're going to look at Nicodemus tonight. He was the, one of the richest men in Israel. Mm-hmm. And yet Jesus gave him the, his gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, we, want to, we want to have a church where the Holy Spirit feels free to move. We want the gifts to be, be poured out in a mighty way. Yes. We want ministers to be raised up. We want missionaries to raise up. I mean, how can you dream? How big can you dream? Right. You can't outdream God yeah. because he does exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. You cannot yeah. dream God. You know, God's waiting on us. We're not waiting on him. God's mm-hmm. saying, believe bigger. Yeah. And so, Amen. but we have to fight this thing through. It's going to cost us. Mm-hmm. You don't get revival on the, ba- on the bargain table. You get, it costs you full price. You know, yeah. in Psalm 23, David said, my cup overflows. Yeah. I studied that, and, you know, one of the commentators said, how big is your cup? How big is your faith? Because God can overflow it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. We need to get a bigger faith, yes. a, bigger, a bigger expectation. Mm-hmm. You know, what was it? David said, my expectation is from the Lord. From the Lord. Yeah. yeah. So let's believe bigger. Let's, let's, yes. let's fight and, and fight for that place of faith to believe that we are moving forward. And, and we don't have all the answers of where every little thing is going to come from and this and that. But what we have is God's told us to move forward. And this is what we're doing. I heard a powerful message about, uh, it was actually in John, John 2, 2 from the, yeah. one of the ministers. It came from Tampa, Florida. So it was powerful. Hmm. And, uh, well, it was powerful. And it was talking about how that, the, the, well, he keyed on, the minister, the, the servants who drew the water. He said, you know, they were just drawing the water. He's talking about how unspectacular that was. In fact, nobody even knew that they were doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were just secretly behind the scenes drawing 180 gallons of water, secretly drawing. And the minister said, it was just powerful. He said, you know what? You can't turn the water into wine. Mm-hmm. But he said, what you can do is draw the water. Do what he's told you to do. Fill right. it up to the brim. Obey God. And then he will do the miracle. Yeah. And so as we move forward, we're going to draw the water. 
And it, you know, the stuff behind the scenes that no one sees, you know, the secret prayers and the secret, whatever, um, secret service and quiet service and Mm -hmm. humble service. If we'll draw the water, God will give the miracle. Amen. You know, so preach. Father, thank you this evening. We, we pray over this building. We pray that every mountain would be moved out of our way. You're moving mountains, Lord. You're pushing mountains. Just like a, a bulldozer pushes the dirt. As we pray, you're pushing things out of the way. We ask you to do greater things than we could ever imagine. We ask you, Lord, as our brother Scott had the vision and the dream of the Spirit of the Lord, the waters being poured off of this land, Lord, we ask you that spiritual rivers would flow. We ask you that mighty revival would come. We ask you to shake off the deadness from anyone in our congregation. Shake off any apathy, any backslidden, any coldness of heart. Put a new fire in us. Put a new faith in us. Put a new victory in us. And Lord, I pray over these expenditures. We pray over this plumbing contract. We pray over the the monies that we sent to lock in the AC. We, we pray over the, the dirt monies that will be sent. And we pray that you would, just like, Lord, they, the, the oil jar, and the, and the meal jar wasn't all through famine. It wasn't expended. And the more they pulled out, it was there again. Lord, fill these vessels back up again. Fill the blessing back up again. Lord, have people to send us finances that, Lord, they, they uh, cause men to give unto our bosom at Trinity Life Church. Lord, cause people to, to give finances, Lord, that we could never imagine. Lord, and I pray that everyone whether they're in this church or whether they're in another state, whether they're watching online, whoever they are, if you have ordained that they support this work, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts, you would stir their hearts, and Lord, they would obey you to give what you called them to give. Lord, we pray for a mighty miracle of finance to come forth. And we thank you for that. We thank you for that. And, Lord, I'm praying for Sunday for mighty miracles to be released. I pray that our church will be full of worshipers and full of people that are hungry to receive from the Lord. And so we ask that. We send our prayers to Sunday. We pray for an anointing that breaks yokes on Sunday. And we receive it in advance. And we thank you for it in Jesus' great name. Amen. Amen. And amen. We're believing for it. We're believing for it. All right. Well, I think that's it. But no, that's a, is that called the preliminaries? I don't know. It's not preliminary. It's all worship. Yeah. All right. I hope you have your Bible. You need a Bible. We're, we're going to our, I thought about this. We're going to our treasure tonight. Mm-hmm. We're going to God's treasure. That's the word of the Lord. You know, David said, yes. he said, I love the word of God. I love your law more than thousands of gold and silver coins, or maybe thousands of coins, silver, gold and silver. He loved the Word of God so much. So we're going to our treasure tonight, and we're going to the great third chapter of the Gospel of John. And we have, we're looking at these 21 portraits of Christ. Dr. Thompson came up with that years ago, and I was looking at this, and uh, I think it's just uh, absolutely fabulous as we, as we look at these portraits, we see 21 portraits. And the first chapter we looked at, remember, Jesus was the Son of God. That was mm-hmm. the portrait, the Creator. He was the one that, that came, you know, mm-hmm. showing His glory. Chapter 2 last week, remember what we studied? Son remember? of Man. The Son of Man, Son of yeah. Man. Jesus went to a wedding. Which we see that in this chapter. Yeah. yeah. And tonight, we're going to look at Christ, the divine teacher. 
the divine teacher. We just pray the Lord's blessing on his word. Jesus is going to have a nighttime meeting. Mm -hmm. A man, a very influential man, came to meet with Jesus. Now, I thought about this. As we look at this third chapter, I wasn't going to miss this. You know, I'm going to have to be gone. I'm going to be gone on the 21st, and you're going to have to take that Wednesday night. But you, I wasn't going to give this one to you. No, no, this is too good. This is too good. John chapter 3. This is the greatest subject known to man. This is not only the greatest subject known to man, as Christ, the divine teacher, is going to teach Nicodemus about the greatest subject that there is known in the history of men. There's nothing more important than what we're going to look at tonight, and that is about being born again, being born again. We want, we want people to be born again. Yeah. Yes. We want Jesus to save in this church. We want Jesus to save. We want to mm -hmm. offer salvation through Jesus Christ because mm -hmm. he's the only Savior. But as we look at this tonight, let's, let's pick this up and we'll look at these first few verses. And there again, how we're doing this study where it's an open kind of conversation and uh, it's, a, it's a rolling kind of verse by verse we want to read. It was every word is from the Lord. And some of these verses we may stop on a minute. Some will just may go through. We can't stay 20 minutes on every one, but we'll, we'll, we'll put it together, all right? So here it is, uh, verse 1. Here we go. It says, uh, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now I want to point out something. Put your, go back to chapter 2 and verse 23. I want to point out something. Chapter 2 of John, verse 23. And now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men, notice, he knew all men, and he had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Mm -hmm. Verse Chapter 1, verse 3, there was a man. <laughs> so, yeah. so now he's giving us an illustration of a man who didn't believe on him, but he's about to, faith is about to arise. It's, faith is, is beginning mm -hmm. to birth in this man. And, and this man, I believe we're going to see Nicodemus in heaven. Uh, yes. So there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, what is he? He's a ruler of the Jews. Now he's a, a Pharisee. Now the Pharisees, there was about 6,000 Pharisees in Jerusalem when about the time of Jesus' life, uh, the Pharisees, we really don't know where they came from. We think that the sect of the Pharisees came from probably the Maccabean time mm -hmm. between Malachi and Matthew during that time of the Maccabees. The, the Pharisee has to do with separate, means separate. Mm -hmm. they, were, they were a, a group of people that were kind of almost, kind of, what would I say, for no better term, kind of a holiness kind of mm -hmm. group, a separate group, and they... You know, and when we, I think when we think of Pharisee, immediately I kind of have a negative connotation mm -hmm. in my mind because they gave Jesus such a hard time. But what we're going to find out is that not all the Pharisees were bad guys mm -hmm. because we're going to find a Pharisee tonight named Nicodemus. And by the way, the name Nicodemus is a, is a Greek name. Now, isn't that interesting that he's, mm -hmm. he's, he's a Pharisee his name's Nicodemus. That's a Greek name, and he's a ruler of the Jews. Mm. So that means this, that he is part of the 70-member ruling council for the nation of Israel. Okay? So, and he's a good guy. He's really seeking. Now, wh what do we know about this man named 
Nicodemus? Well, just a few facts. One is he's, he was a ruler of the Jew. He was part of a ruling council, the Sanhedrin. Yeah, the Sanhedrin. So he was a ruler. He was probably one of the most wealthy men in all of Israel. Very wealthy. How do we know that? Because when Jesus died, it was Nicodemus with Joseph of Arimathea mm-hmm. that went and honored Jesus in his burial, that took care of his body, and it said they brought like 100 pounds of spices. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a lot of money here. Mm-hmm. And they were very kind. They honored him in the burial. Uh, we know that he was cautious. He's going to come by night. You know, so there's some questions on that. We'll get to that. We know there's some things, even though he was an expert in the law, Jesus was amazed that he didn't know certain things. Mm-hmm. And then we know that he's a fair-minded person because when the, the Sanhedrin was trying to do condemn Jesus, it was, it was Nicodemus who said, wait a second, why would we, wouldn't we give this man a fair trial? So, mm-hmm. Jesus, so Nicodemus is kind of trying to stand up for mm-hmm. Jesus. So, but we don't know a lot about this man, but we know that there's, there's a hunger in his heart. God is doing something in this man's heart. Now, in the next chapter, we're going to see a lady that's really ostracized from society. She's kind of on the other end of the spectrum socially. Right. Here's a man that's on the upper, upper you know, shelf of society in this day. Mm-hmm. He was influential. He was a ruler, probably very, very wealthy, but yet... Jesus can reach anyone. Yes. Yeah. Jesus, everyone has the same need. There's an emptiness in every lost person. Yep. Here's, a, here's a highly religious man. Here's a man, we're going to say he's the teacher of Israel. Probably the most influential, uh, influential teacher in Israel. And yet there's a hunger, there's an emptiness in his heart. And notice what he says here. This man came to Jesus by night and he said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God. And why? For no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Why do you think Nicodemus came by night? Why didn't he come by day? I think most people assume it was because he didn't want to be seen. He was being cautious, which that very well could be. But who's to say he didn't come because he wanted some alone time? Because Jesus would have been surrounded. I mean, we see that. Very good. So that's that's yeah. another option yeah. that maybe he gets a better rap, but giving giving him the benefit of the doubt, maybe he came because he wanted some alone time with Jesus. So so you're saying that Jesus during the day is crowded with right. people, thronging with people, and and Nicodemus realized that if I'm going to get my questions answered, I need some I need some private time. And I mean, you said he he was very Jesus. rich; he could have sent servants, but he came. Oh, yeah. Well, that's right. If he's a ruler, he could have had mm-hmm. he could have had his associate, so to speak. So, but let me ask you this: Could it be that he is worried about his reputation? Very well, could, could be. be. Yeah. Is that a possibility? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because I know that, uh, like one of the notes here says, "secret disciple." So here's someone that's going to become a secret disciple. Does the scripture say that? Does it talk about a secret disciple? It said. Uh, however, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. Mm. Uh, I personally believe maybe a little of both of this yeah. is going on. I think there's a hunger. There's a, he wants some alone time. He has some questions. He realized, he realized God, Yahweh, is doing something through this man. He doesn't yet see him as the very son of God. He mm. probably sees him more as an Elijah-type person. 
a, a, someone who says here, he says, notice, notice this. We know that you are, you are a teacher come from God. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, now, there again, Jesus is here this chapter. We have the third portrait. There's 21 of them. This is Christ, the, teacher. the divine teacher. He spoke like no other man. Mm-hmm. And, and here he says, we know that you are a teacher come from God. He's not saying you are the very son of God. Mm-hmm. But, but what we're seeing here is faith is arising. Mm-hmm. God is doing something. Now, notice this. No one can do the signs, plural. Is that plural in your text? Verse mm-hmm. 2. No one can do these signs mm-hmm. that you're doing unless God is with him. Does it say yeah. signs, it plural? Does. Yes. Now, in chapter 2, what do we have? The beginning of signs. The beginning of the miracles, the beginning of the signs. So, what we know is as we go to the, the 20, 20th chapter, of John. Now notice this. John 20, what is it, 30? John 20, 30 uh, says, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing, and believing that you have life in his name. Many other signs he did. Now notice this. Chapter 2, turning of water to wine, was the beginning of the signs, beginning of the miracles that Jesus did. But here it says signs. Mm-hmm. So between chapter 1 or chapter 2 and chapter 3, there is a, probably lots and lots of miracles that are taking place. So much so that here's the number one teacher, the, this is a definite article, the teacher in Israel. Here he is, and he's saying, there is something supernatural going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are signs going on. Jesus I mean, it says, you know, all the books couldn't fill up all the things that Jesus did. I want Jesus to do signs through our church. Amen. I want signs. Mm-hmm. I want miracles. Yes. He says, uh, these works shall you do, and greater works than these shall you do, uh, shall you do because I go to the Father. You're going to do these signs. Mm-hmm. We want signs. We want mm-hmm. miracles. Now, we're, we're children of God adopted. Jesus is the very Son of God, perfect, incarnate. Right. You know, death, burial, resurrection, the very Son of God. But we're His children, adopted, flesh. You know, we're, we're, we're human beings, that is, born again. But yet, God can do miracles through us. Yes. Amen. People still need to. miracles today. The sick still need healing. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay? Yep. The hopeless need hope. The blind need to see. Oh, God, give us miracles. Mm-hmm. You know, where he shows up, miracles can take place. And it says here, no one can do these signs unless God is with him. Now, understand that there's specific miracles that really testify about Jesus' deity. I understand that. But I believe we can do other miracles, miracles of compassion. Thirteen times, I think, in the New Testament says he was moved with compassion. Mm -hmm. And in that context, there was physical healing. Yeah. Like in, in 11 of the, 10, of the 13 times. I just pray that his mercies would just be released on us and that yeah. people in our congregation are healed with signs, wonders, and, mm-hmm. and miracles. Yeah. So something's going on here. I mean, he's a teacher with power. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking right now of the book of Acts, chapter 10, uh, verse 38. Here's a powerful verse of Scripture. Acts 10 Verse 38 says, says this, one of my favorite verses. It said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God 
was with him. Mm -hmm. So how did Jesus do these miracles? He did them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. What happened on the what happened next to the Jordan River is Jesus prayed there. And Jesus went down in the waters, that is, and he came up. What happened? What did it say? The Holy Spirit descended like a dove. Yeah. The Holy Spirit descended. John saw it in a vision. Right. The Holy Spirit came on Jesus. Now, we're going to see in just a minute in verse 33 that he received the Spirit without measure. Amazing. I think it says that here. Yeah. He, he, uh, he, he doesn't give the Spirit to, by measure to him. So Jesus had an unlimited an anointing of the Holy Spirit. No one had the presence of God like Jesus did because he is yeah. God. Mm -hmm. But yet we can have the Holy Spirit. And I believe we can. Have, he says he gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Yes. And the Holy, listen, the Holy Spirit should be in the church. Mm -hmm. Amen. The, the, listen, there's nothing about the church that's to be natural. Yeah. Okay, what I mean by that is, and this is a verse that I've quoted probably every time I get up. He says that in Ephesians that we're to be the habitation of God in the Spirit. There is to be something otherworldly mm -hmm. when we come together and worship. That's right. Yeah. So when people, people walk in the sanctuary, there is to be such a presence of God among God's people yes. that there's something that they sense. Lost people can sense there is something Different. going on in this church. Yeah. Nicodemus mm -hmm. says, we know that something strange is going on. No one could do what you're doing unless God is with it. I right. pray that God would so fill this church with his power and yes. presence that people say, I don't understand all that, but, but something's going on there. God yeah. is doing something in that church. Yeah. 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 The word said, you know, talks about they will know them by their fruit, you know, and I think that each one of us can, can carry that level of faith and that, that yeah. place and carry the Holy Spirit with us that people will say, you know, there's something different about you. What is it? You know, they yeah. could see the fruit of the Holy Spirit in, right. in not just in this building, but like everywhere in our lives. You know, yes. a, a lady at the, um, when I was getting my treatments the other day, she, they, I give blood first and then I go through the doctor's visits and things. And that's one thing she said. I just, she said, uh, you doing okay? I said, yeah, man. I said, the Lord is my healer. And Amen. man, she just, we just went off and just like, Praise you know God. how that happens. You find somebody that's a believer too. And she said, you know, there's something different about you people when you come in here and y'all are believers. Y'all look happy. You're you're just different <laughs> the way you carry yourself and Jesus this and that. Is with us. I Count said, yeah, joy. absolutely. That's just the Holy Spirit. And when you great. carry Him with you, it, it just changes everything. Yeah. Mm. So it was it was really good. That really is good. great. That is great. I know my mom. My mom's here. She'll be with us on Sunday, and she was telling me that she was on the plane ride here, mm -hmm. and you know we haven't been in the Catholic Church in. 40 years or so and she was riding on she was in the plane flying and the young man next to her started talking to her he was a graduate from Auburn University and talking and my mom asked him do you know the Lord and she's do you go to church and she said yes said uh, I, I I went to I go to St. Bede's or went to St. Bede's that was the church I grew up in that's the church that all that stuff happened in so <laughs> but anyway I won't, I won't go there but uh yeah and she witnessed to him and said you need to you need to Follow the Lord. You need to serve the Lord, and you need to you need to find a good gospel preaching church. No, that's good. You know, so God creates those divine moments yeah. so that we can share Christ. Yes. And and so, well, let's jump into verse three. So so he, here's Nicodemus approaching Jesus and said that you know we know that you're a teacher come from God. We know that something supernatural is happening. I mean, the sick are being healed and lives are being changed and miracles are happening. The power of God is upon you. But Jesus answers a question that Nicodemus is not asking. 
but he desperately needs. He goes to the heart of the matter. Here it is, verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I don't even know if we truly understand how powerful and almost devastating (laughs) that this word is. Do you realize that at the heart of the Jewish people Mm -hmm. was the hope of the kingdom of God? And here's Jesus talking to the number one teacher in Israel. And he says to to him, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. You will not experience the kingdom of God. You will not enter the kingdom of God. This This is like the most devastating thing that a Jewish person could understand. I mean, the, the kingdom of God in, in the way the Jewish people understand it in, it in its physical manifestation and hope was, was so rooted in them that even Jesus' own disciples, after he, after he raised from the dead in Acts chapter 1, they're still saying, now will you reveal the kingdom of God? Is it now? What the, I mean, this is rooted yeah. in, right. literally rooted in their culture. Yeah. And Jesus tells this most spiritual, most religious leader in Israel, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. You will not experience the kingdom of God. In other words, he's saying, unless this born again experience happen, you're going to be excluded from the kingdom of God. Yeah. Weren't they looking for a natural kingdom too? Like yes, in the physical mindset? kingdom. Was a physical kingdom that would come and rid them of Rome and all Absolutely. that oppression. And so you think they were thinking carnal and natural. Yes. Jesus was talking about spiritual kingdom that mm-hmm. has no end. Which you talked about. That's that what he didn't Sunday. understand. Yes. Uh-huh. That's what Nicodemus didn't understand. In fact, right. he's going to talk about being born again. Yeah. And, and what's going to happen is this, Jason. What's going to happen is there again, Nicodemus is looking at it in a natural way, right. Jesus speaking in a metaphorical way. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the interesting thing. He's going to explain it to Nicodemus, but many times he's, he says these, these metaphorical words, and he doesn't even explain it. He lets yeah. them go on in their misunderstanding. <laughs> For instance, think about this, chapter 2. Uh, Tear this temple down and rebuild it in three days. Right. They were thinking physical. Literal. Jesus did not even... Did, didn't even take the time. He let them go on in their confusion. He was talking yeah. about his death, burial, and resurrection in his body. But here, he's going to explain some things. Mm-hmm. Born again and, or not see the kingdom of God. And yes, to answer your question, they were looking for a physical kingdom like the kingdom of David and the you know, throw off Roman rule. But the truth is, the kingdom of God is... Jesus said the kingdom of God is among you. It's within you. Mm-hmm. And now... It's, it, it, the kingdom of God has manifested itself in different ways, but one day there is coming a physical kingdom and Jesus Christ will rule it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we will be a part of that because we trust in him. Wow. Verse 4, and, and Nicodemus said to him, how can a man, now there again he's thinking physical, right. and Jesus is going to speak about spiritual birth. How can a man be born when he's old? Can, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born and notice what jesus says jesus answered most assuredly i say to you unless one is born of water born of water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of god and we come to verse (laughs) 5 
and we come and we come to this unless you're born of water and of the spirit there's at least five explanations for this okay number one is some see this as water baptism water baptism unless you're water baptized you know another uh another view of this is the water represents the word the washing of the water by the word and in, and then in uh what is it peter 125 that says you're born not of corruptible seed but incorruptible seed mm-hmm. the word of god and so some say uh, water the third is that some see this as john's baptism pointing to jesus in other words when they were baptized by john in the jordan it was a baptism unto christ so the water of john's baptism pointed to true spirit salvation and spirit baptism in Christ in conversion. The fourth thing is that this is natural birth. In other words, that born of water. And then Jesus does say in verse 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Uh, So, I mean, that, yeah, natural birth. You know, what was it that you said? If you're born. Yeah, I just started thinking about this today because I I personally, and you know, doesn't matter whether you agree or not, but I personally think in the context that he's probably either talking about natural birth or maybe the word of God or the, you know, regeneration of the spirit. But I started thinking today, um, as a mom who has given birth, that there takes, there's such a huge element of faith, even Mm -hmm. in physical, you know, life, that there's no guarantee when you're going to get pregnant what the gender of the baby is. I mean, there's so much that is out of your control, which I think God really did that very intentionally because he wants to remind us that he's the author of life, not us. And we can plan and we can scheme, but there is still this mystery. You know, I I was reading a statistic today that said um, only four to 5% of babies are born on their due date. Mm. You know, so we can we can think and we can, you so know, have a, a long shot, but there's a mystery. And yes. how much more faith do we need okay. for spiritual rebirth? A- absolutely. Well, that's a good analogy. And and so that that is a view by many scholars that this has to do with natural birth. It's comparing flesh to flesh, spirit to spirit. Right. Flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit gives birth to spirit. We know that we're born into this world with a sinful nature, right. a propensity towards sin. And if we're not born again and we die in that natural state of lostness, we, we will never see the kingdom of God. So that, that does fit. Mm-hmm. The, the fifth view is that this is basically talking about spiritual birth and not mm-hmm. any kind of physical birth. Because the Greek word here, it's kaya, K-I-A, K-A-I, I'm sorry. And it would read like this. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, even water, even the spirit. Sometimes it's translated that way, either and or even mm-hmm. the spirit. And basically that would be pointing to spiritual birth. And, and here's the interesting thing. Do you realize that the born again experience is taught in the Old Testament? I, I, was, I was mentioning to someone that Paul proved that Jesus was the Christ by the Old Testament. Mm. But in, in the book of Ezekiel 36... Here's what Ezekiel said, and this, and this is the born-again experience. Ezekiel, is that what you got? Yeah. Ezekiel 36, verse 25 and 6. Now, this is, this is water. This is spiritual cleansing, right? So would you read that for us? Sure. 
Um, it says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. Mm-hmm. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. Mm-hmm. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So, so here, I mean, this is Ezekiel talking about the born-again experience. Yeah. He's talking about a new heart. He's talking yeah. about sprinkling water. And, and what do we know in Corinthians says that we're all been baptized into one spirit, mm-hmm. all been made to drink of one spirit, all been baptized into one body. So there is this water. So we have these five views. Uh, they said that this verse 5 is talking about water baptism, or it's talking about the Word of God, or it's talking about John's baptism, or it's talking about natural birth compared to spiritual birth, or it's talking about just spiritual birth, just like, like Titus, Titus, what is it, Titus 3, 5, the mm-hmm. washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. So I think those five views, uh, I w- I'd say definitely it's not, I don't think it's water baptism. Nicodemus wouldn't have had any concept of water baptism they you know they had washings of purification mm-hmm. you know my view of this it's either jesus just talking about spiritual cleansing spiritual birth you know water even even the spirit mm-hmm. or uh it could be talking about natural birth because that 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 also fits that which is born of flesh is flesh that which is born of spirit is spirit, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, that, so both of those fit the context, you know, and whatever you, whatever viewpoint you believe of those five, it's, it doesn't change our salvation, right. you know, it's just, you know, yeah. what is Jesus saying here? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we know, we know he's saying water's about cleansing. Mm-hmm. There has to be this spiritual birth, yeah. you know, it has to be spiritual birth. Verse six that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Verse 7, do not marvel that I say, that I said to you, you must be born again. And then he says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who's born of the spirit. So we have this, this wind that's a type of the moving of the Holy Spirit. So here's, here's what I think this is saying here. And here's the question. Can you see the wind? No, but you can see the effects of the wind. Like the little boy said, you know, I can see the wind. And said, no, 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 honey, you can't see the wind. You mm-hmm. see the effect of the wind. You see the right. power of the wind's effect on the, the trees and the leaves. So you can, you can see its power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can see its effect. So wouldn't Jesus be saying here that when the Spirit is moving in our lives, there is an effect? Mm-hmm. When the yeah. wind blows, when the Holy Spirit wind blows in our lives, we don't know where it comes from. There's a, there's a, mis, you know, I mean, in our modern day, we know that wind is created by an, you know, an atmospheric condition right. type thing. But here, he's, he's really talking about this. salvation is a mystery mm-hmm. of God's deep inner working in the heart of a person to transform them. Yeah, you can't, you can't see where that change come, comes from. But you can see the effects of that change in you when you're born of the Spirit, because it changes yes. from old to new. Mm. You know what I mean? There's a transforming. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're transformed from the kingdom of darkness, transferred into, into the kingdom light. of history mm-hmm. Son. There's a glorious change yes. that's taking yeah, place. I was thinking about this way today, that it's, it's not, um, it, it is undeniable, this, the wind and the, this change, undeniable, but yet not fully tangible. 
Mm-hmm. Like we don't hold it in our hands, but it's undeniable. Yeah. Now here, here's another thing: wind and breath, it can be. It's the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So God breathed into man the very breath of life, and here when God breathes His life into us, His salvation, we believe upon Him and we're saved. It says, "So is everyone born of the Spirit." We have God's life. We have God's wind. We have God's breath in us. We live, mm. and and it's a mystery. It's a great mystery how life has changed Mm -hmm. but god's at work god's at work dealing with people right now you know i begin to think about the seal of the holy spirit i have a i have a i think an insight and i I don't i think it's very true to scripture that some people see the seal as like this one and done but i see the seal you know some translations talk about the seal in ephesians 1 and it it translated guarantee i don't think that's a good translation i don't think Mm -hmm. that's what it's saying what I think it's saying is a mark. A seal is a mark. Mm-hmm. What marks a Christian is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. What does it say in Romans 8 and 9? He that does not have the Spirit it doesn't belong to Christ. Mm-hmm. So think about this. The initial seal is that convicting work of the Spirit. Mm. John, 8, John uh, 16, 8. That initial seal is that initial working to bring us under deep conviction of sin to show us our need of Christ, to show us that Christ is the answer. That's the initial seal. And, and, and we're continually sealed and marked out by the work of the Holy Spirit as when we're born again and then when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's not this one and done. The seal is the mark of those who are being led toward redemption in eternity, that final salvation. The Holy Spirit's going to take us there. Mm-hmm. And it starts right here when the wind, when the breath of God, is breathed into mm-hmm. us, and we're born from above. Yeah. We're born mm-hmm. again. Yeah. I was on a, on a golf course a long time ago, years ago, and probably close to 20 years ago, and I, and I just picked up with this gentleman I was playing, and uh, you can actually find this book. I don't think it's in print anymore, but I, I looked it up the other day when I saw it. So I, I was, I was uh, going down the golf course, and we were walking next to each other, and so I, I began to talk about the Lord. Well, this man wrote a book, and it was called Born Again, Try Again. That was the name of the book. You can go on Amazon and see hmm. Born Again. He was like a friar or a Catholic guy and everything, and he was like, you know, born again. He was like preaching against born again. That, that's not a thing. And, well, Jesus said it's a thing. So, and he wrote a book, and God anointed me. And I was just like a walking Bible. I started quoting verses to him. Verses were coming in. I was quoting them here. I was quoting them there. And I hadn't told him I was a preacher. And I'm quoting these verses. And he's talking about his book, Born Again, Try Again. And uh, I guess he believed that you're saved by works. You know, works follow, but that's not what you're saved by. And, yeah. and God just anointed me. And he said, you sure know a lot of scriptures. And I'd say <laughs> God was just anointing me. Who knows? Maybe that book's out of print because he got saved. Hey. <laughs> But yeah, uh, but Jesus says here, so is everyone, so is everyone who is born again. Remember that part of this is uh, part of the theme is about believe, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to see whosoever will. Everyone is born again. Everyone can be born again. Yeah. Everyone. I was, I was with some Muslim folks yesterday for a little bit. I thought, you know, God wants to save these <laughs> folks. The Lord loves Muslim people. Amen. Yes. Jesus loves them. So everyone who's born again, you can have God's light. Well, let's move on. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? How can these things be? Are you the teacher? Are are, are you the teacher of Israel? And you do not know these things? 
gentle so, rebuke. Yeah, say, say it. <laughs> it's a gentle rebuke it's there. It's a gentle rebuke. But you know what? Re- I, rebuke. I Something that I just wanted to point out is that Jesus saying these things would have been offensive to a lot of other Jews mm-hmm. and a lot of religious leaders. And we see Nicodemus. I don't see a, a lick of pride here. I see him. I mean. Hungry. It, yes. And I. it's encouraging to me just how patient this divine teacher of ours is. Mm-hmm. That he he met Nic- Nicodemus where he was and he wasn't afraid of his questions. I think sometimes we're afraid to ask the Lord questions like as if it's from a heart of unbelief but Nicodemus was hungry he was he was curious like you said he was cautious but he was curious like he really was wanting to know the truth right so I just love that about Jesus that yeah he was humble he was humble and and here it says in verse 11 most assuredly I say to you we speak what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness Mm -hmm. so here that basically there again chapter one he came to his own his own received him not here after Jesus has done the signs, many, many signs, he says, you're still, you know, I, I think he was talking not necessarily about Nicodemus, but about the Jewish people mm-hmm. as far as by large, they rejected him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes we have preconceived ideas. You know, yes. yeah, there, yeah. now think about this. Yes, there were crowds, many thousands of crowds, but I can tell you this, you look at the word of God, the closer he came to the cross, the thinner those crowds became. Yeah. And, there, and he preached one sermon and lost everyone but just a few of his disciples. Mm-hmm. John, we're going to get to that, John six sixty six. Many of his disciples mm-hmm. walked with him no more. In fact, if you, if you look at that in the, as he was teaching about you know, eating the flesh, mm-hmm. drinking the blood, mm-hmm. the, the context there, they're almost saying, who can listen to this man? Who could yeah. listen to this kind of teaching? What is this? Yeah. And they said, a, many of them walked with him It's like there was a no lot more. of carnal thinking in there. You know, yes. thinking literal instead of yeah, the spirit, what he was implying by the walk that they would choose following him. And, and really he was talking of, it really was about believing, not yeah. eating his flesh literally. Right. There again, Jesus is speaking in these veiled ways. Mm-hmm. And why does he do that so much? I think because if we have, if our hearts are right, we will be like Nicodemus and come and we'll mm-hmm. learn. But our response reveals what's in our heart. So, so, so they were, they were the, either the shallow soil or the hard soil. And, you know, here's Nicodemus, and if you, if you look at it this way, he's not the hard soil mm-hmm. of Matthew 13. He's not the hard soil. He's not the shallow soil, in a sense, or mm-hmm. the cluttered soil. He's the good soil. He may be 20%, 30% good soil, but he's going to get toward 100% mm-hmm. of faith in Jesus in not, not too long. And so Jesus says, we know. I can tell you, listen, Jesus knows. Mm-hmm. Jesus is God in the flesh, come from heaven. He came from God to speak the word of God, to speak his divine life to us. You can, you can trust the word of God. Yes. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. we need to get in the word of God in this church. Yes. Now, we're in the word, but we need to get in it more because this word, Jesus knows what he's talking about. Yeah. This book tells us everything we need to mm-hmm. know about life and godliness. Yep. He knows because he's God. He was with God. With the Father from eternity past, face to face, and God sent his Son to speak the words of the divine teacher, eternal life here. It says, Mm. then he says, if I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? So what do you think the earthly things are? Hmm. What do you think earthly things are? He said, I'm telling you earthly things. What are the earthly things? Don't you think it's about being born again? We're born again on earth. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's teaching him about what's going to happen to him on earth. He says, you know, if you don't believe about being born again, which, which every person needs to happen on earth right. before they go to heaven, what about the heavenly thing? What about the angels? What about the kingdom to come? What about the new heaven, the new earth? What about the city four square? What about mm-hmm. Jesus uh, sending to the right hand of the Father and being there as our intercessor for the last 2,000 years, yeah. our mediator? Yeah. Nicodemus couldn't handle all that. He couldn't even get past being born again. He couldn't figure it out. How is this going to happen? And, and you said something. You said Jesus has more for us. Yeah. Heavenly things. I mean, I think now, does, could it be that Jesus is asking, move, asking and calling us to move out of the earthly thinking that mm-hmm. we so often yes. get caught up in? And he's saying, I have more for you, but I can't tell yeah. you because you're not moving on from this. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. That's good. Verse 13. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man, this New King James says, who is in heaven. You'll see a little, whatever, if you have a New King James like I preach from, you have a little note, a little number letter here, and it says that many of the, the Nessie Allen 26 Greek you know, critical text uh, omits the phrase, who is in heaven. Okay? I think that ESV probably doesn't have it or yeah, maybe it mar- marginalizing it. It does not have that. doesn't oh, have okay. it. It's probably in the margin. That the, okay, that, yeah. so here's the thing. Uh, I don't have time to get into this, but Linsky oh, yeah. was, a, was a Lutheran scholar. Yeah, it's in the margin. Mm-hmm. Linsky, who was a Luther, an excellent Lutheran scholar, I have his, have his works. He does a whole treatise on this phrase right here, mm-hmm. who is in heaven, and it's, it's powerful. But could this just simply mean this? the Son of Man who is in heaven. So could it be simply that John, at the writing of this, because you remember when he wrote this. He was old. He was old. Mm -hmm. So could it be that John is simply saying this, who is in heaven now? Yeah. Could it be that simple? Mm, that, that, you know, this is in many of the manuscripts. A couple of the early ones, it's not. But, but here, the Son of Man who is in heaven, meaning at this writing, he's back in heaven. He came from heaven. He spoke to Nicodemus, mm-hmm. you know, who's in heaven. So, mm. or could it be about the Omnip- Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, omnipresent? Mm-hmm. You know, could it mean that who is going back to heaven? You know, it's kind of a strange phrase, yeah. but we know he's in heaven. Yes, he We is. know Jesus came from heaven. Mm-hmm. He brought the heavenly message of eternal life as mm-hmm. a divine teacher. He died on the cross and was buried. The third day rose again, 40 days later ascended, and Jesus is in heaven. We have a heavenly Savior. Yes. Oh, glory to God. I'm about to shout. (laughs) We have a heavenly mediator. Mm -hmm. We have someone at Father's right hand, the man, Christ Jesus, representing us, our elder brother, Jesus, and we can pray in his name. He's dispensing grace. He's in heaven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What an amazing Savior. Yes. And then he gives an illustration of Old Testament, who uh, Moses lifted up, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. So basically, in, in brief, it's a story of when the people of Israel rebelled in the Old mm-hmm. Testament under Moses' leadership. Out of the rebellion, God released his wrath through the serpents. They bit the people. The people started dying, and Moses prayed. God showed Moses, make a pole, put a serpent on a pole, and, and if the people look, they will live. If they've been bitten by the serpent, if they look, they live. 
and everyone who looked live. And here, looking and of the Old Testament Jews in that story, looking is synonymous with us today. Believing, mm-hmm. l- believing, con- you know, not belief, believing, looking. Mm-hmm. Look at verse, uh, verse 15. Whoever believes, next verse, in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jason, read, read verse 16. I'm going to let you get. See, so I told good. you I wanted to do. I'm going to let you do it, brother. I'm going to be gracious to you. <laughs> Verse 16. 16 says, uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. See, this is a commentary. This is the gospel in a nutshell. This mm-hmm. tells us the motivation. No, no, it doesn't. It really doesn't mean God so loved. I heard people say it like that. God so loved. <laughs> it doesn't mean that. It really means this is how God loved us. Mm-hmm. This is how God showed his love. Yeah. Jesus Christ hung on the cross for our sins, mm-hmm. for our rebellion. He took our punishment. This is the manner in which God so loved. This is how he loved us, that he gave his only begotten son. The word begotten really means it's a status, the one and only son. Mm-hmm. And, and whoever believes in him should not perish. Perish is the forgotten word. That means to be eternally lost. Mm-hmm. You know, we've lost the thought of hell today. You know, we think God is, mm-hmm. God's too loving to send anyone to hell. Right. Yeah, well, well, God doesn't want anyone to go to hell because he loves them and wants, mm-hmm. he died for them and he, he gives them a chance to receive eternal life. But perish means to be lost from God for eternity. It's hard, for me to con- it's hard for me to think about that too much. It makes me really sad mm-hmm. to think there are beautiful human beings that have rejected Jesus Christ, and they're mm-hmm. now in a lost eternity. They've been lied to by the enemy and played a fool, and now they're lost forever. Mm-hmm. It, it breaks my heart. Yeah. It, makes, it makes me know we have to get out and preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. We have to build this church. Yes. Yeah. We have to build this church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever it takes, we have to build on this hill mm-hmm. because we want to be a testimony for Christ. Yes. Yeah. And, and here it says in verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So understand this. The, the mission of Christ in the initial stage wasn't to condemn anyone. But it's, it's a saving mission. God sent his Son to save. We're in a day of salvation yeah. Today is the day of salvation. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Today is the day. God, there's coming a day, however, Jesus will put on the robe of the, 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 robes, the judge's robe, mm-hmm. the robe of the judge. He'll put on that robe. How do I know that? Because it says, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And then in verse, actually in verse 18, it says, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Mm-hmm. So what, what it, see, there is, a, there is a condemnation over every lost person. Now, we're not condemned. Mm-hmm. There's no condemnation of those. That judgment has been taken away. Yeah. It's almost like a convict that's on death row. And there's a, there's a sentence over them, and they're heading to the death chamber. That sentence is hanging over them. Mm-hmm. Okay, The wrath of God is, is, is not revealed in its full measure yet. We see, the, we see God's wrath being revealed in certain ways you know, in our culture today, but that full wrath is not revealed. But it's hanging over their head. 
just like a death over a death uh, over a person on death row. Mm-hmm. But what if that person on death row cries out to God, or, cry, or rather cries out to the warden, or cries out to the judge? Mm-hmm. Please, and, and that judge grants mercy over that person and said, "We're going to remove this penalty." Hmm. Okay, then that 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 condemnation is relieved, mm-hmm. and they get to go out. What, in what Christ, great, we've been released. What great grace that is! Mm-hmm. What Amazing. great mercy that is! You know, we can't. I don't think we can really comprehend that because right. most people they think of a murderer on death row, they think, "Well, he deserves that. Yeah. He deserves that." But God says, "You know, my grace is enough for you." Yes, mm-hmm. you know, and offers us life, and we don't deserve a bit of it. Mm-hmm. That's why it's grace. Yeah, verse nineteen. This is condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. The, the condemnation is this. Light has come. Jesus has come. He's given us his word. He's given us his life. And yet men rejected that because they love the darkness rather than the light. This is why people are not getting saved. Mm-hmm. You know, people blame everything in the world. They blame the church. Well, the church this and the church that. No, people love their sin. Mm-hmm. See, God knows what's in a person's heart. Yes. They want to blame the church or blame the preacher or blame the deacon. I'm going to blame you, deacon. I'm going to blame Jason. I'm tired of being blamed. I'm used to it. <laughs> I'm used, yeah, take it, right? <laughs> Since I was a kid, I'm used to it. But, but here's the thing. The truth is people love their sin. Sin is attractive. Sin's attractive, yeah. isn't it? Sin's attractive. Sin, sin has a pull on the human heart. And this is why people reject Jesus, because you can't hold on to sin and have Jesus too. You have to let go of one. Yeah. You're either going to have your sin or yeah. you're going to have Jesus because right. as the light, when we invite him in, he drives out the darkness. Mm-hmm. He drives out sin. It says here, everyone practices evil, hates the light, and does not come to the light, which is Jesus, lest his deeds be exposed. Now, when I came to Jesus, guess what happened? He didn't say, hey, Joe, you're a nice guy. Come on in. He <laughs> said, you're a rotten sinner. Yeah. And I said, yes, sir. I'm a rotten sinner. I'm wicked. Mm-hmm. I'm wicked. Holy Spirit said, you, you, you deserve death. You deserve eternal death. Yes, but I ask you to save me, Jesus. It exposed my sin. When you come to Jesus, mm-hmm. your sin is going to be exposed. So here's the thing. These preachers that won't talk about sin, it's, look at it here. If you come to the light, your sin's going to be exposed. Mm-hmm. How are we going to get people to Jesus if we don't show them what's the barrier, which is sin? Verse, verse uh, 21. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. There again, mm-hmm. when, when uh, the wind blows, you know, it's, it shows up. It's, it, see, there, I would see that verse as this. Verse 21 says that his deeds may be seen clear that they're done in God. When God is saves a person, when they are born again, their deeds are clearly seen. Mm-hmm. You know, these people that have no fruit of salvation after 40 years, and they don't love God, they don't love the Word, they don't want to go to church, they don't want to witness, they're probably not even saved. Right. They went down an altar and mumbled a few words that maybe even they were the right words, but unless a person's heart is changed, like Ezekiel said, Mm -hmm. they're not born again. You've got to be born again, Mm -hmm. which is a supernatural internal change. Our hearts are changed, and we go from darkness to light. Ephesians says, you're light in the Lord. There's light in us. And Mm -hmm. listen, it doesn't mean that Christians are perfect, and it certainly doesn't mean that Christians don't have the propensity to fall from that, that high standard that we all set and want to walk in. But, but no true Christian will stay there because mm-hmm. the seed of God's life is in them and the Holy Spirit's in them to convict them. But they're clearly seen. And that, that verse is a wonderful verse. Mm-hmm. Deeds are clearly seen. When a person's saved, their deeds are clearly seen. 
All of a sudden, a person's whole heart has changed when they're born again. They, all of a sudden, they want to read their Bible. My mom is watching tonight. I can tell you this. She saw the incredible change that took place in my life. Immediately when I was saved, I wanted to read the Bible. I'd never read the Bible. I had a little Bible that was a little Catholic Bible with a little pocket in the side that had a little snap in there, a little, I mean, a little rosary inside the little snap pocket. And I'd never read the thing. I looked at it. I thought it was kind of cool to look at. I thought the rosary, get out and spin it, you know, <laughs> on your finger. You know, I was kind of irreverent Catholic. But uh, when I got saved, immediately I had this tremendous, I would call it an insatiable hunger mm-hmm. for the Word of God. Yeah. And there was a change. Jesus is in the life-changing business. Yeah. And, and, and as we conclude this tonight, and I'll let you anything else you want to say, but as we land this tonight, we're not going to be able to get through the end of the chapter. But uh, I just see that Nicodemus has met the divine teacher, and his life is changing. Faith is beginning to birth. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see Nicodemus in heaven. Nicodemus got saved. He yeah. showed up for Jesus and in in, took his body, and, and him and Joseph of Arimathea, and Nicodemus got saved. I don't think he was ever yeah. the same. Never the same. That. I can echo that too. You know, when my I remember hearing my parents talk about when we were teenagers. You know, when they got saved, they they had all these changes that happened that were just yeah. They just knew what what could stay and what had to go. You know, and you know, I think it went a bit overboard because he was throwing the TV out the window and all uh-huh. that stuff. You know, yeah. it it was evil, but all that stuff. You know, but. It's like they knew that, that the drinking had to stop. They knew that the cigarettes had to go, and it yeah. was an instant deal. They were just like, get it out. Amen. And uh, it w- that's that set a good standard for us as kids. You know, it's like that yes. stuff doesn't belong if this is who we are, you know. Amen. And uh, You come into the light. That's yeah. wonderful. Well, tonight we've looked at Christ the divine teacher, mm-hmm. and we didn't get through all of this. But I hope that we all received some edification yes. from the Word of God this evening, or this great treasure and so uh, I want to mention this before we close in prayer. Next Wednesday night, we're all going to meet here at the church. We're having a potluck. We're going to have a wonderful time. It's for the whole church, and we're going to meet here. Please bring your family, bring your youth, bring your children. We all want to come and have a wonderful, wonderful time of fellowship together. You know, for the last year and a half, we've been, you know, hadn't had a lot of these potlucks. I miss the people of God. I yeah. miss the fellowship. And I want to tell you this, as we move into the, get past uh, toward the end of summer, get into fall, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna launch again our Wednesday night live services. And we're going to be coming as adult service. We're going to figure out how we're going to do all that. But we need to get our Wednesday night going again. You know, as we get into our new building, we're going to be having Wednesday night, and we're going to have our classrooms, and we're going to get our kids' ministry going on Wednesday night. And let me just say this. We need you to get involved we need all hands on deck. I enjoyed Sunday. We had several, like four or five announcements of different ministries. Mm-hmm. And I thought, praise God, people are hungry mm-hmm. to serve the Lord. And we need you to be involved. There's no Christian that has a pass to be able to just come and receive and not to give back. We're, we're, we're called, according to Ephesians, to ordain to good works. <clears throat> and so uh, we want you to get involved. We need your service. We need your help. We need everybody pulling the load because we have a church to build, mm-hmm. and we need to serve one another and serve our community. Amen. And so it's going to happen there. So it's going to be wonderful. I want you to be with us on Sunday, and let's believe God for an amazing day. Um, don't forget the church this summer. We have a church to build, Amen. and uh, we, we're moving forward. Jason, I want to ask you to close in prayer. That's God's sure. blessing, and we'll close this out this evening. Sure. Father, we uh, come to you again tonight, Father, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gospel of John. 
We thank you for the impact that it has on our, our lives, even today, Lord, Lord, thousands of years later. We could still open this book and read your word yes. and know that it's the truth and know that that's not just a good story, but it's what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a great story about Jesus coming and what he did for us. So, yes. Father, let your word take root in our hearts tonight. Let the reality of your word become truth in us, Father so that we can have great faith, Lord, that we can stand on the truth of your word and know that it's for today just as much as it was for the moments that when it happened, uh, Father. So bless your people tonight, Lord. Keep us in good health. Keep us in good spirits, Lord. Let our faith be ever increased, Lord, and just uh, bless us tonight with rest in our bodies and good, solid, solid uh, sound sleep. And, uh, Father, we thank you for your grace, and we thank you for your goodness. In yes. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, thank you, Jason, tonight. I you're appreciate welcome. you being a wonderful deacon in our church. You're welcome. I think you're a true, you have a true call of a deacon to be apt to teach, and thank you. And uh, thank you, Mackenzie, for you have such good insights. All of our children have been trained to serve God, and you've been trained, and you are serving God, and uh, you love the Word. And uh, you actually have a teaching gift. A teaching gift. I need to let you teach or preach one of these days real quick here. But uh, thank you uh, for joining us tonight. And we just say, uh, the, you know, the scripture which this church was named after in uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Blessings. We'll see you Sunday.